listening to First Church Charlotte. Most of you know Sister Hannah, sitting right over here on the front row, singing right up here, uh, and in many services. This is uh, Brother Jonathan Moran's daughter going to college out at UNCC, and she's been a blessing to us. Pastor in Wilson, North Carolina, across the state. I want Brother Moran to come and open his heart to us. Let's hear what the Spirit is saying to the church tonight. Would you welcome Brother Moran as he comes? Thank you, Elder. Praise the Lord, everybody. You can be seated tonight. I want to just say what a privilege it is to be here. And I want you to know that I love this church. And I love your pastor. I love the elders. And um, I love the hospitality that I feel from almost everybody here, um, except for this guy over here. But... Um, uh, he's really giving me a hard time before I came up to preach, but we'll deal with that later. I don't have enough time right now, but um, I am I am thankful to be in the house of God. Amen? And I, I am excited every time I come to church because before the service begins, before the word of God goes forth, um, there's such a potential for God to do something in our hearts tonight. Amen? There's a potential that is here for God to do something in your life through Everybody say forgiveness. Everybody say forgiveness. And tonight we are going to look at the other side of forgiveness. The other side of forgiveness. What happens after you just decide, you know what, I'm going to forgive. What does the other side of that look, look like? We're, we, we know what this side of unforgiveness looks like. Now we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get right in on a Wednesday night and teach, and and preach or teach or whatever it's gonna be, and we're gonna we're gonna deal with the real serious subject. So those of you that came tonight, this is your lucky night because this could this could change your life. This could really change your holiday season. This could change your family. Amen. Would you pray with me tonight? Ask God to speak to your heart right now. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to be in your house. I pray for every person that is here. I pray for every family, every adult, Lord, every child. I pray, God, that you would do something in this service. Speak to every heart, Lord. Open us up to you. Amen. As we approach Christmas, it's interesting. If you have little kids, how many of you have uh, children? All right, three of you, good. Some of you have children and, and little kids, they love Christmas. Amen. I have several children. Two of them still believe in Santa Claus. So that lets you know where I am. But little kids, they, they can't wait for the presents. They can't wait to go to grandma's house. They can't wait for you to take them to the mall and stand in the line for three hours and sit on Santa's lap. They love having all the fun that kids have at Christmas. For children, Christmas is generally the best time of the year, right? Right? Unfortunately, as we grow up and we go through life, we begin to experience some of the pain that life can dish out. And for some, Christmas goes from being the most wonderful time of the year, and it becomes a very difficult time. Amen. How many know what I'm talking about? 
A lot of people say, I'm just going to tolerate the holidays. Some people say, I'm just hoping to get through this time with my family and survive the holidays. And, and, and you know, if you want to add some pain into this time of the year, here are some things that you can do. And here are some things that, that, that a lot of people have done. You can, you can introduce a divorce or two into your family tree, right? How many know what I'm talking about? All of a sudden, Christmas comes around and now you have a logistical pain in your life. The pain of trying to get everywhere when you have to be at three different people's houses within a 24-hour period. And somebody in your family, some mother or father, always feels like they're the one being left out. And families begin to fight around these issues. And they say things like, you got to have them for Christmas last year. And, and they were over there for Thanksgiving this year. And why can't? And, and, and families begin to fight. And, and then we hear, you know, you're spending more time with that side of the family than this side of the family. How many know what I'm talking about? All right. So I want to make sure I'm talking to where we're living tonight. And, 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 as we go through this time, there, there are going to be people that, that you're going to have some new people in your family, some new people. And, and you're going to think to yourself, I, I don't really know these people yet. And now I'm sitting in a living room and there's, it's very quiet. And I'm sitting across from my, my stepmom or my stepdad and, and families get real awkward. And there's a lot of questions that come up around this time of the year. There's heartache and, and there can also be a lot of bitterness. Amen. Another way to introduce some pain into this time of the year is when, when somebody dies an untimely death. And all of a sudden, now you're facing Christmas where last year, you know, the table was full. And, and, and this year, there's an empty chair from someone that you wish was there, but they're not. And it's very difficult. And, and then you can also throw into this time of year some harsh words that have been spoken throughout the year, misunderstandings. How, how many of you have ever, have ever spoken a harsh word to your family? All right. Misunderstandings. And then you become like a lot of people and, 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 and you say, you know what? I just want to survive this, this Christmas dinner that we're going to. I want to survive this afternoon over at mom or dad's house. And, and for some, the goal is just to have uh, a cordial Christmas. We're, we're not going to say anything rude. Okay. Family, when we go in here, don't say anything rude. We're not going to say anything bad until we get in the car and we drive away. And then we're going to talk bad about the rest of our family, the whole way home. How many know what I'm talking about tonight? And then, and then, and then you factor in to the holidays, the, the crazy uncle, how many of you have a crazy uncle? This is, this is some type of Old Testament principle somewhere in the Bible. I'm not sure where it is, but it's in there. Satan puts a crazy person, an aunt or an uncle or a cousin into every family. And this is a very hard to deal with type of person, a lunatic. It's like a law or something. Every family has one. This is the person that always says the wrong thing at the wrong time. They always do the wrong thing every time. They are a royal pain to everybody there. And there is one in every family, right? Let's prove that tonight. I want you to raise your hand. I want you to put your hand up and leave it up. If you know that person in your family. All right, look around the room, leave it up. Almost every hand in this place is up. Those that do not have their hands up, you're probably the one that your family's talking about in the car on the way home. You just didn't realize it. You thought that your family just loved you. 
but they're all talking about you. Now, we're going to look at an Old Testament story, and, 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 and this is a brutal family pain. And if you study the Bible or if you have grown up around church, then you are probably familiar with the story of Joseph. He was, a, he was a young guy, and he had a lot of visions and great dreams from God, and, and he was all excited, and he went and told his brothers. He said, you know, God is going to do this, and God is going to do that in my life. And his brothers looked at him, and they said, you know what? You think you're better than us, and, and we don't like like your attitude and you think you're all that and you know what you're not and his brothers decided we are going to shut him up literally they were going to kill him and throw him into a pit and they said you know what why don't you just die in there but then there was this one nice brother and he spoke up and he said no let's not kill him let's just sell him into slavery so that's what they did everybody say family amen amen but even in this situation, we read Joseph was a righteous man and Joseph received favor. But then he was betrayed by the wife of Potiphar and he was falsely accused and he was thrown into prison. And, and here we see a man's life, a man who feared God, who had not done anything wrong. He started to see a downward spiral of years and years of pain caused by his own family. But even though his life was spiraling downward, God was still doing something powerful and working on him inwardly. And God was taking Joseph and he was positioning him in the right places at the right time and with the right people. Why? In order to elevate him to be second in charge of all of Egypt. Amen. We move forward and now years have passed. And, and one day, Joseph, as we skip way forward in this story, one day, Joseph, he finds himself face to face with his brothers who had betrayed him. In Genesis chapter 45, verses one through three, you can see just a snapshot of the pain on the face of Joseph, the kind of pain that he faced in his life. And, and maybe some of you can relate to this pain as well tonight. Look at Genesis chapter 45. The Bible says that when his brothers uh, uh, were there and Joseph laid his eyes on them, he saw them. It says that Joseph could no longer control himself. And, and this is a guy who is losing it emotionally. He can, he can no longer control himself before all of his attendants. And he cried out and he said, have everybody leave my presence. Go away. I don't want you to be in here and see me like this. I don't want to see you any longer. Get out. I can't handle going through this with other people around. And the Bible says that there was nobody left with Joseph whenever he made himself known to his brothers. And I want you to check this out. As he, as he wept loudly, as he, as he cried in front of them with pain and brokenness, the scripture says that he wept so loudly that the Egyptians heard him and Pharaoh's household heard about it. That's a lot of pain. That's a lot of pain. This is a man that behind closed doors, he all of a sudden just let go of years of questions, of pain, of regret, of hurt, and it came pouring out of him. And let's be honest, let's be honest tonight. A lot of us in this room, if we were honest, and I'm not sure we were ready to be this honest on a Wednesday night leading up to Christmas, but if you would be honest, your life could be changed forever. A lot of us have the potential inside of us 
to cry out like Joseph did. It's amazing that those that we love the most often are the ones that hurt us the most. And we hurt them as well. Many of us, if we were to deal face to face with these real family issues, we would probably weep as loudly as Joseph did. But the sad thing is, it's easy. It's very easy to slip into the cycle of continuing the hurt. How many know what I'm talking about still? How many are so excited about being here this Wednesday night? It's going to be good. It's going to be good. Somebody said that that hurt people hurt people. Hurt people hurt people. And, and when we are hurt, oftentimes we continue this unhealthy cycle and we recycle the pain and we inflict it upon one another back and forth. My, my two youngest sons, they, 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 they oftentimes do things that they are not supposed to do. How many of you have children that do things they're not supposed to do? They, sometimes they, they wrestle uh, a little bit too rough. And, and, and sometimes, um, as a parent, I do something I'm not supposed to do and I let them wrestle a little bit too rough and I let it go on a little bit too long. It's like, I want to see, like, let's see what they got, you know, at this age. Cause I remember when I was a kid, my brother used to pummel on me. So I kind of want to see what they got and see if they can hold their own. And, and one time these two boys were in the playroom and they were, they were tearing each other up and, and Aiden got a little bit too rough. Aiden, Aiden is a few, three years older and, and he had Luke in this really tight headlock and he had him on the ground and it took, it took a few minutes, but Aiden went a little bit too far. And the next thing you know, something came up inside of Luke and he punches Aiden and he starts crying and screaming. And I wish I could do his voice tonight, but I can't, but it's a real whiny type voice. And, and he says, stop, I'm hurt. And he just like, he had a really high voice. I can't do it. My, my throat hurts, but just whines and he's crying. He screams at Aiden, stop it. Like it hurts, man. Like you got to know when to stop. How many have a, a child or a grandchild that you have witnessed that and they go a little bit too far? All right. Before you know it, they're back to laughing and, and playing, and, and, and then a few days go by, and guess what they're doing again? Wrestling. That's what they do. They start back up, and, and you know what? This is exactly what we do sometimes in our families. There's, there's a little jab, you know? There's a little word spoken. How many of you have ever been the one throwing the jab? How many have been the receiver? Someone got you in a headlock that was a little bit too tight, and it hurt you. There's a little jab, a little hurt, a little rejection, a little pain. And then the holidays come around and it's a breeding ground for doing it all over again. And I was thinking, what can I possibly speak to First Church two weeks before Christmas? Like, what am I supposed to speak about? And forgiveness, forgiveness, forgiveness. And, 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 and so the question is, what do we do whenever we have been hurt or betrayed? What do we do? Well, we're going to look at a few biblical choices that we can make. These are things that, that we that we must make. These are choices. I'm not, I'm not talking to you tonight about feelings. When someone hurts you, chances are you're not going to feel like doing what we're going to talk about. You're not going to wake up and say, you know what? I've been hurt my entire life by my mother or my father or my sister or brother. And you know what? Today, I just feel like loving them. That's, that's not what's going to happen. More than likely, you're at Thanksgiving dinner and you want to punch your brother for something he said to you back in June at the, at the last time you saw each other. 
That's what happens in families. And, and, and so it's not a feeling. We, we're not going to look at our feelings. We're not going to do what our feelings demand us to do. But we are going to do what God's word tells us to do. We're going to look at some biblical choices. And the first choice when we have been hurt, this is the first choice that we need to make. We are going to choose to pray. Everybody say choose. I choose to pray for the person that's hurt me. I want you to think about that. Don't let this Wednesday night go by and just move through it. Think about this right now. Who do you need to pray for before you see them at Christmas dinner in a few weeks? We need to choose to pray. The greatest example of all time is who? Jesus, who at his birth, who was seeking after him? Herod, why was he seeking after him? The reason was to kill him in his own hometown. When he went back to his town, those that he grew up with, they tried to push him off a cliff. All through his life, he was rejected over and over again. Jesus even took 12 men and he said, you know what? I'm going to reveal the heavenly father to you in a way that nobody else has seen. I'm going to train you to change the world. And even out of those 12 buddies of Jesus, Judas came to him and he betrayed him with a kiss on the cheek. Pontius Pilate looked on at Jesus and he, and he said, he said, he said, I can't find anything wrong with this guy. There's no sin in him. I can't find anything. And yet Pontius Pilate, we know that he was gutless and he condemned an innocent man to die. And then the crowds, they turned against Jesus and they chanted, they said, set Barabbas free and crucify Jesus. And at his crucifixion, at his death, only one of his 12 closest friends even showed up. There it was, creation, you know, mocked the creator. They drove stakes through his flesh. They, they placed this crown of thorns on his brow and, and beat him within inches of his life. And as he was hanging on the cross, after having been betrayed by most of mankind, even by his closest friends, what did Jesus do? What did Jesus do? What did he do at the end of all of this mess? Luke 23, 34. Jesus said, he whispered a prayer through his pain. He said, Father, forgive them, for they, they, they don't know what they're doing. Jesus prayed. Everybody say, Jesus prayed. Jesus. Here's the deal tonight. When, when you've been hurt, and we all have, even though you don't feel like it, you are going to have to learn to pray. I know, I know maybe that's not what you want to do whenever somebody hurts you. But if you're going to be like Jesus, you're going to have to learn to pray. You're going to have to learn to pray. And I don't mean pray, you know, God strike them dead. Or God, I just pray that you would give my, my, my uncle a, a migraine headache. And let alone all the other thoughts that you've had about people that have hurt you. You are going to have to pray, God, heal their hurt. If they're hurting others, the chances are they've been hurt. So ask God to heal them. You can also pray for God to forgive them. And you can pray. And this is very biblical. And, and this is very difficult. But most things about Christianity are actually very difficult to work out in your life. This is very biblical. You can pray, God bless them. 
Trust me, when you're praying like this, your prayers may not affect them, but you know who they're going to affect? They're going to affect you. I promise you, they're going to make a difference in your life. You can, you can pray for someone else, and, 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 and God may, nothing may ever happen in their life, but God will do a work in your heart. So praying for those who have hurt you. This is what Jesus said in Luke chapter 6, verse 28. Jesus said, bless those who curse you and pray for those who mistreat you. And the church needs this message of forgiveness right now more than ever before. We are supposed to pray for those who have hurt us. This is the way of Christ. Sometimes as a church, we're looking for this magical thing that's going to change our world and change our city and revolutionize our church. This is it. Christ came to change the world, and this is how he does it. One person at a time, becoming more and more like him taking on his character and following in his footsteps. So the first choice we're going to make is to pray. If we're going to be like Jesus, we're going to have to learn. Everybody say pray. And the second choice is even more difficult. It's even more difficult. We're going to have to choose to forgive. You're going to have to pray and you're going to have to choose to forgive. Everybody say forgive. Now, why is this so important? I want you to listen to what Jesus said about forgiveness in Matthew chapter six. He said, for if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly father will do what? He'll also forgive you. If you forgive men, I want you to know that God will forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your father will not forgive your sins. And, and this is the sobering fact. This is not some cute Jesus that is preached in a lot of churches. This is the hard part of Christianity. If you do not forgive those that have hurt you, man, you're out of luck. God is not going to forgive you. So, so we as a church, we have got to be the children, the sons and daughters of God that are being made in his image and, and our characters. We are turning to be more like him and we have to choose to forgive. Maybe somebody that's in this church. Maybe somebody that you're going to go home to tonight. Maybe somebody on your job. Maybe it's a mother or a father. You are going to have to choose. I choose to forgive them. Forgiveness is not like an elective course in Christianity. It's not like, oh, you can take it if you want to. This is a little thing that, you know, Christianity offers and you can, you can take it or leave it. It is a required course. Like, if you don't forgive, you're not going to be forgiven. There's no way around it. And, and the exams, let me tell you, the exams are very, very tough. That's right. Life's going to dish you exam after exam. Are you going to pass the test? Are you going to forgive? Amen. A lot of people, you know, they can forgive somebody one time right? You can forgive somebody one time and say, you know what? I'm going to let it go this time and uh, just want to forgive you. But I want you to know that if you do this to me again, I'm writing you off and, and I'm not coming to your Christmas party and you're not going to be invited to our house next year. And, and I'm taking you out of the will. I know I'm preaching good tonight. That's why it's so quiet. I'm taking you out of the wheel and, and I'm going to talk to this other son and daughter about this other son and daughter. And there's going to be all kind of chaos because sometimes we like to forgive one time and that's it. Jesus probably knew that, that this was going to happen. And so he had this conversation with Peter that highlights this in Matthew 18, 21, Peter comes to Jesus and, 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 and he says, he says, Hey, 
He said, I, I was wondering, Lord, how, how many times, how many times do I have to forgive my brother? And it's almost like he was like, I'm going to go out on a limb here. And he says, should I, should I forgive him up to seven times? I'm going to, I'm going to go with seven. Should I forgive him seven times when my brother sins against me, sins against me? And, and, and Jesus looks at him and he, and he, and he stares at him. He says, no, man. He says, I'm telling you, it's not seven times, but 70 times seven. In other words, you are to give unlimited forgiveness just as God's forgiveness is unlimited. And then Jesus goes on and he begins to tell this story. And it's a story you've probably heard. Maybe you didn't know it was in this context. He tells the story of the unmerciful servant who was forgiven so much by his master. He had a mountain of debt and he was set free. He was totally forgiven. But in return, he did not forgive his servant who only owed a a small amount, very little. And when the master heard about it, he calls him in and he punishes him and he sends him to jail to be what? To be tortured until his debt is paid. If you don't forgive, you will not be forgiven. And it's interesting that in this story that this man was sent to jail to be tortured. Unforgiveness brings unnecessary torture into your life and into my life. Unforgiveness brings unnecessary torture into our lives. You may have a moment tonight as you listen, and I'm almost done. There may be a light bulb that comes on in your head and you realize God is, God is showing me that there is somebody in my life, in my family, that I haven't forgiven. Here's the question that I want you to wrestle with. Who is it in your life? that you haven't forgiven. I mean, just face it. Don't, don't, you can hide it from me and pastors and other people in the church, but God knows. You know, you know the pain that's in your heart because somebody has hurt you. Who is it in your life? It's like, it's like you're here on a Wednesday night and Jesus is just confronting you. Like, listen, you can, you can say, you know what, I'm just gonna, whatever. But the other side of forgiveness, there's something beautiful. Who is it in your life? I encourage you to make the choice to pray for them, the choice to forgive them. Now, with all of that being said, how do you forgive? When you have hard feelings against somebody, how many of you, uh, uh, how many of you at one time or another, you, you've had some hard feelings. I, I know I have some hard feelings, like pretty, pretty, you know, intense feelings. How, how do you get the, to the place where you choose to forgive? And here's the best place to start. Start focusing on how much God has forgiven you. Focus on how over and over and over again, God forgave you. And when you begin to stack up that list of sins that you've committed, how you have sinned against God and how, how you have sinned against others and you've hurt people and you've betrayed people and all of a sudden God has forgiven you and you begin to see this incredible amount of grace coming your way, I'm telling you it becomes easier for you at that point to forgive and give somebody grace and show somebody love that has sinned against you. Colossians 3.13 tells us point blank, bear with each other, bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive them as the Lord forgave you. So how are we supposed to forgive? As the Lord forgave us. Oh, this is good tonight. Just, just so you know, you know, you're not going to feel like forgiving all the time. Like right now, you're like, man, I hate this preaching. 
You know, we don't like it. We don't like to be told that we are to take like the high road or the low road, whatever it is of Christianity. I'm going to tell you what, you start taking the high road of Christianity, there's not much traffic up there. That's right. This is real Christianity. This is real Christianity. You're not going to feel like it. If people hurt you, it's planted deep, but we have to make a choice. Pray, forgive. And then the third thing we're going to do is we choose to bless. We choose to bless. This is the last thing. The apostle Paul said this in Romans 12, verse 19. He said, he said, he said, are you guys ready? This is what he said. Do you want to know what he said? This is what he said. He said, don't take revenge. (laughs) Don't take revenge. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, what? Feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Jesus said in Luke chapter 6, he said, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. And he said, bless those that curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. What do we do? We bless Everybody say, we should bless. Come on, say, we should bless. We choose to pray. We choose to forgive. And we choose to bless. We choose to pray. We choose to forgive. And we choose to bless. I wonder what's on the other side of forgiveness in your life. I wonder what's on the other side of forgiveness in your I know what's on this side. I know what's on this side. Anxiety about being around your family. When you see that person, there's something inside of you. There's a pain. That's what's on this side. But what is on the other side for your family? What is on the other side? I encourage you, as you go into this holiday season, I encourage you, deal with it face to face. You you may have some real issues. Most people are, are, are in some kind of broken relationship. Deal with it. Cry out like Joseph did. Let it out. Put your face in the carpet and let it go. Mourn the lost years that you've had. But grab this moment or another year's going to go by and you're going to still be dealing with the same pain and frustration and hurt. Grab this moment right before Christmas and know that God can bring healing. God can bring healing from this point forward. From this point forward, God can heal. Your Christmas can be beautiful. Your time with your family coming up can be beautiful. It can be real. It can be authentic. It can be genuine. It can be a time where you go back years and years and and you're with your family and you're loving every minute of it. It can be like that for every person here. Would you stand with me tonight? What's on the other side of forgiveness? What was on the other side for Joseph? This was a young man. He He was mistreated greatly by his brothers. He was mistreated greatly by his family. Joseph would have been righteous. He would have been righteous to punish them, to make them pay. He would have been right. But on the other side of forgiveness for Joseph was the birthing of an entire nation. Israel was born. 
at that moment of forgiveness, the lineage of Christ. I want you to think about that. The lineage of Christ poured down through this family through an act of forgiveness. Look at what happened to Joseph, the powerful ending to this story and the beginning of another chapter. Genesis 45 tells us, so then he said to his brothers, Think about this. He said to his brothers, he looks at them. What were they feeling? What were they thinking? They knew what they had done. He knew what they had done. But somewhere inside of his heart, this is what he came up with. He said to his brothers, it was not you who sent me here, but it was God. It was God. Then he threw his arms around his brother, Benjamin. Oh, man. And they wept. And Benjamin embraced him, and they were weeping. And Joseph, one by one, began to kiss all of his brothers. And he wept over them. What a family. What a family reunion. Think about the other way this story could have gone. But Joseph chose to forgive. What was on the other side of forgiveness? For Joseph, it was a miracle. It was a family. It was restoration. It was the beginning of something truly great. And the question is for you tonight, what does God have for your family, for your marriage? What does God have for y'all this Christmas? Think about it. Think how beautiful it can be if you decide, you know what, I'm going to be like Christ. And I pray that this is true for you tonight. I pray that you decide, you know what, I'm going to make the tough choices. I'm going to choose to pray. Instead of dreading going to Christmas, instead of dreading being around the family, instead of dreading coming to church, maybe with someone you're offended with, instead of of having all the anxiety and the pain and carrying the hurt and, and just keep bringing it up and talking about it and dealing with it, make the tough choice and choose to pray and forgive and bless. Everybody say pray. Forgive. Bless. Say it again. Pray. Forgive and bless. You can do it. You can do it. This is what Jesus is calling us to. He's calling us up. Come out of the world. Come out of the world. We, we relate some scriptures about being separate to certain things, but you want to be separate from the world. Pray, forgive, and bless your enemy. Countercultural. Pray, forgive, and bless. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I want us just to reflect on this for a few minutes before we leave, before we do anything else. I want us to reflect. My man's going to sing. Awesome musicians and worship team you have here. I want us to think about what God is speaking to us. Think about the person you need to forgive. Think about the family member you need to make it right. Or you need to go up to them and say, I love you. Think about what God can do for you. Thank you for listening to First Church Charlotte. If you're in the Charlotte, North Carolina area, worship with us at 4929 North Sharon Amity Road. For information about service times, church ministries, and so much more, visit us online at firstchurchclt.com. If you would like to support our efforts, text GIVE to 704-445-5353. We pray God's richest blessings to you. Come worship with us.